brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. You're listening to the Jay Bird Watching Podcast, the official podcast of jaysjournal.com and fansided.com, where we discuss all things Toronto Blue Jays baseball. We'll talk about news, rumors, and game recaps. So whether you're a diehard fan or just getting started with the team, this is the podcast for you. Here's your host, Craig Borden, with co-host Jason Lyons and me, Ken Alfred. You're listening to the Jay Bird Watching Podcast. Afternoon, Blue Jays fans. And like I said earlier, we are down a man, Craig Borden. Unfortunately, a little bit under the weather. Uh, I'm not sure what is ailing Craig. Uh, I feel like uh, he should be fine for next week. Let's hope. Ken, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right, guys. And thanks for joining us today on this little bit of an earlier episode. I know we were planning to go a little bit a few hours later, but uh, it's okay. I think it, we're still going to have Jason and myself holding the fort down. So we're going to be talking about it. So, yep, best wishes to Craig. Hopefully he feels better. But let's be honest, Jason, he's probably watching the World Juniors right now. That's probably yeah, his comment. I, I, you know what? I almost feel like this was a bit of a cop-out on his point. Uh, you know, <laughs> just, just so he could watch the game and not have to worry about jumping from this to the game to anything else. So... You know, great, great, um, great night for sports. Um, anytime that Canada and the U.S. can play in a game, and it's too bad, again, Craig isn't here because I assume some awesome wager would have been made between us Canadians and him, the the American. But um, let's talk a little bit about North Vancouver's own Connor Bedard. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the guy is a machine. He's um, 13 points behind uh, Peter Forsberg for uh, breaking the record for the tournament. Um, really tough to do with only possibly two games left, but I mean, the guy comes out and gets three more scores, the OT winner. He looks like a man amongst boys and he's 17. He's not even drafted. He's not even drafted yet. So he's, he's doing so well. He's almost every single game he's scoring or getting a point almost in every single game for the last few years from my understanding. Right. It's, it's nuts. And then you've got on the flip side of things, you've got the goalie from Slovakia, Again, he's 18 years old, undrafted, stops 56, 54 shots of the best wow. that Canada can throw at him. Unbelievable. Like this kid, this tournament, this is one of the things I love about World Juniors is this tournament reveals people that no one gets to see on our side of the pond. And, you know, yeah. kudos to this kid. I hope he gets a deal. I hope he gets drafted and I hope he gets a shot in the NHL because, I mean, you can't write a story like that. The first two goalies go down. This kid is yeah. the third string goalie. He's never played any pro or semi-pro hockey in Europe and, really? and does that. Like, come on. Well, my, my, to my, like, uh, you need to educate me on this part, Jason. So how many, like, obviously we hear about the big, the Sidney Crosby's and all these other big players that came from the junior program that just got signed. Now, what percentage generally of like these juniors actually get drafted because i know it's more than just competing in this tournament this this does get a lot of eyeballs so scouts are going to be watching closely yeah mo most of these kids are actually drafted at this point so okay. if you look at the american team the canadian team and then sort of the top five from every other team they're probably already been through the draft and been picked up 
And if okay. not, they're already playing probably at an American, a big American school um, with the draft being next year for them. Um, if you see a kid wearing a full cage, he's an underager. So he's not drafted yet. So if he's wearing a full shield oh, or a full okay. cage, they're not allowed to wear a half shield. So pretty much anybody else who's got a half shield is probably drafted. Um, it's pretty rare that you would be in this tournament at this level. I mean, if you're on Latvia or on, you know, like one Czechia, of the smaller teams. Yeah. yeah, then there's a good chance you're playing professional hockey in Europe already. But a lot mm. of them go that route. Um, you know, you'll see a lot of guys that that won't come over and play junior. They'll play for Moto or they'll play for one of those big teams in Europe. And then they come over when they're sort of 19, 20, um, and, and they get drafted out of out of the Swedish league or the Czech league or whatever. But some mm. amazing hockey. Um, tonight is going to be, I mean, you know, the Americans have had our number in the last sort of six elimination games. But, I mean, this is a, a great team on both sides. The American team, you can't say one bad thing about them. They are good top to bottom, really good. And Canada, excellent. I mean, I feel like, and it's unfortunate when this happens, that this is going to feel like the gold medal game, no matter what yeah. happens. And Yeah, you know, and, and I think the winner gets uh, either Sweden or the Czech Republic, which is still, at least the minor. No walk in the park. No walk it's in the park. Snow in the park. And I think we started off slow in this tournament, right? I think I was with my family for the first game. And I think we came on the short end of the stick. I think that was what last week or so, right? When uh, Canada I think they started. lost one. I, I believe I, yeah. I'm not. Might have been I'm, the first I, one. I was in the Maui, first game. So. <laughs> tough, <laughs> tough to see hockey when you're in Maui. But we'll uh, talk about Maui when Craig's back, so you can right. kind of rub it in his face for that right, one. Exactly. But uh, but well, yeah. I'll, 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 but th that's great. I think we're very excited. And now, like I said, we don't want to spend too much time on on uh, on junior hockey guys because nope. we know this is about the J word. But we have to. We'd be remiss to talk about unfortunately some of the. The downside of the sports world right now, and that is Hamlin from the Buffalo Buffalo Bills, right? Yeah, I, I Demar, you know, uh, Demar Hamlin. I've been. Um, it's very interesting. I saw this happen, like not live. I wasn't, you know, at the game, but I was watching the game when it happened, and I was sort of bobbing back between a few different things. And all reports are saying that that he's he's breathing. And um, there, there's signs of improvement for anyone who doesn't know. I mean, I, I don't know how you couldn't know, but he suffered a, a cardiac um, episode on the field um, after a tackle. He actually stood up, fixed his mask and went to run into the huddle and just dropped. And um, yeah. the thing for me, you know, like as soon as it happened, there was a lot of talk about, you know, was it a hit to the head? Was it all this other stuff? And then all the sidebar bull crap that comes with, you know, people trying to say that the NFL is at fault for trying to, to continue the game. And I mean, no one knows what to do in these situations. They don't no. know that he's lying lifeless on the field. They're just trying to, to evolve and move along with what's happening. But that being said, it does really show you that, that, you know, that, that things like this are much bigger than the sport. Um, no. You know, that game is now potentially going to be moved into next week. And that will move the entire NFL playoffs and the Super Bowl a week. Now, I don't know if you know what kind of money we're talking about here with people. All who I know is it's tickets. big money. It's big money. So billions of dollars. Yeah. But again, <laughs> Demar Hamlin's health and the, yes. the situation as it arose. I, I got to give kudos to everyone involved in this to, for really doing the right thing and making sure that that the game was 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 stopped. And that, you know, they could take a second to allow the Bills and even the the, the Bengals players was, were, yeah. were clearly upset as well. But, um, you know, 
just just nothing but good vibes sending out to Demar, his yeah. family, um, anyone Thoughts involved. Thoughts and prayers to his family and to, to everything it's going so on. Scary. It can it happen so, so quick. It's it's so weird because like I think I saw it on replay and it didn't look like anything out of the ordinary. Tackled a guy, got up. I thought when someone said, Oh, he was take trying to take his helmet off. And I was like, oh, okay, that'd be weird if you try to take his helmet off. He's still in the middle of a game, right? But we don't know. They might say helmet-to-helmet contact and all that sort of thing. But, you know, I think it also begs the question, okay, was he having anything leading up to this, right? That Because it could have been, is it literally just a freak accident? Or had he maybe been overtraining some new diet that just was some reason, maybe taking supplements that he shouldn't have been taking? Not to say that he's doing anything wrong, but, you know, with athletes that are sometimes you have to really rein them back. Like I used to be a personal trainer and the clients who I had were athletes. You had to slow them down because if you show them something, they're going to keep busting their butts really hard until they get it right. And it's not like the average Joe, like you or me, that's okay. Okay. Just take it easy. Just, they would just keep going. Not to say this is uh, the bill's fault by any means, because it's really no one's fault at this point. But so I think, I know some people are questioning about that. I'm hoping, like I said, thoughts and prayers to them that he's okay. And that, uh, you know, sometimes athletes sometimes can be their worst enemy, their own yeah. worst enemy. So yeah. let's I, hope uh, everything's good with that. I feel like like these guys have to train and remain at such a high level to stay in their sport. And especially in a sport like the NFL, where you don't have a guaranteed contract. If you don't have a good couple of weeks, you're gone. You're out on the streets. And if you don't have a, a backup plan or if you don't have, have any kind of, there's no B league for the NFL. You can't go to you can't go to the minors and play your way back. You're gone. And oh. you know, for some of these guys to be 24 years old and you know be working your your working your back off every single day to try and stay where you are, you can see that sometimes they would probably be putting their bodies you know to the limit and pushing it past that. So you know, again, I, I don't particularly want to to dwell on it too too much, but you know, oh. uh, hoping that Demar gets gets healthy quick. And, um, you know, that, that we don't have to, to see more and more of this. I mean, the NFL's had four major injuries this year, you know, where they, people had to be removed from the field. And, and I feel like, like we're starting to smarten up a little bit on, on, you know, on all of these different things. And, and, you know, I just, I hope we can sort of stay in the right lane and just make sure we're the people are first, the sport is second absolutely right because these are these are their these are young athletes and you know it's their life we're talking about right yeah if it was yeah. something that he might have hurt his knee and he's just being escorted out okay i mean it's still scary for you know for these young players like you said i did not know that from the nfl side i thought whatever contract a professional athlete signs in any sports that's what they're getting regardless right so yeah. if it's a downside guarantee but nfl is that the only one that's a bit different in terms of yeah. these team yeah. sports like hockey they, baseball, they have they have basketball. some guys will have protected contracts like a tom brady like a you know guys guys who are making big money are going to have yeah. protected contracts but the guys who aren't they're not protected and the the reason being is they want to be able to you know if a guy does have a uh, you know a career ending knee in, injury the NFL feels like the NFL should be, or that team should be able to acquire another asset. Um, mm -hmm. And you sometimes see it when the season's getting long, uh, you'll see a guy sign a deal who hasn't played in a couple of years or, you know, played in the CFL and, and, you know, it's given, you know, getting one shot in the NFL. Um, so it's interesting because, you know, they, they do, they have to play for their paycheck every week. Um, so a little bit different than any other, other every other sport, but again, they do get paid a lot. Their minimum salary is a lot more than any other sport. So, you know, 
you take yeah. the good and the bad together with that. It is, yeah. So um, moving on to the actual meat of the show is the Toronto Blue Jays. That's what we're yep. here for. So, yep. you know, we have a lot of things to chat about. Well, not really a huge amount of things to chat about, but we'll see what we can fill in to say what's on there. So what do we have on topic today? There, <laughs> well, Jason? I think, you know, I know that we want to talk about it is the new year and we want to talk about, um, you know, some resolutions that the team and players and stuff like that you know, that we might be able to speculate they might have or or that we may want to have upon the team. Um, I think I missed last week. For those of you who are uh, dedicated listeners, you would have noticed that I was not here. Um, mm. I was having fun in Maui. And um, one of the things that I wanted to just say before we, and we can talk about this, you know, at length with Craig next week is um, I was... I was really gobsmacked when the Jays traded their number one, the number one prospect in baseball. And I'm now starting to see some positive things about the trade, um, you know, based on baseball insiders and some, some people saying that it actually was a good move for the Jays, but I just wanted to sort of say out loud how stunning I thought that move was. Um, And my hope, and this is going to sort of speak into one of, you know, my sort of resolutions is that, I, I, as a baseball fan and as a, a, a Blue Jays fan, one of my resolutions is that I'm going to be more open-minded to people who know more about baseball than I do, making a trade and hopefully it being successful. So I'm going to give the the people who in the know more of the benefit of the doubt until they show me that this was a bad trade. <laughs> so that was my <laughs> prove two us wrong, Jays. Prove us wrong, right? So yeah, prove me, prove me wrong. There you go. So yeah, like that. That was the weird thing. So you're referring to like Varsho, and then we gave yeah. up uh, Mourinho and those guys. So Mourinho. Yeah, I know. We, we we thought about we talked about it at length last episode. I know we can touch upon it again, but I find it really interesting though because now, like, if you uh, just looking at the the interweb for the Jays, and you know, there's articles now that's saying that. Uh, Dalton Varsho is listed as the Jays' number one breakout candidate for 2023. So it's like, okay, it's. It, I find it a little weird because last week's for a lot of us who, like myself and the casuals, I may not who only knows just of the Jays. I was like, oh, okay, who's who's Varsho? And then we talked about it, and uh, you know they're saying, oh, he's he's this, that, and the other. He's you know 20 home run guy, 60ish, 70 RBI guys. Only concern was the uh, was the batting average and stuff like that. But he's great defensively, and is you know so that's going to bring a good presence. To, to, to not really know who he was, to now seeing this week where the media is, oh, it's great trade, number one candidate. So I'm like, oh, maybe I there mean, is something. Yeah, I've I've taken a look into it. And I mean, the, the guy that they got is a good baseball player and he's, he's, he's excellent defensively. And he's, you know, a lot of the talk about the way that he is is that he, his, his baseball IQ is through the roof, which I love. That's one of my things. And what I push onto my players and onto my sons is that, you need to have baseball or hockey or whatever sport you're going to play. Ice sport, yeah. You need to be. You need to learn the ins, the outs, defense, offense. You know what's going to happen in this position. What's happening in this play, and always be talking about it. Now, on the flip side of what leaving uh, of Moreno leaving the Jays is, I found it also interesting that now Ricky Tideman and Nate Pearson are now starting to be mentioned in the top ten of major league baseball's prospects, which is mm. awesome. I mean, Tideman's time is coming. We both, oh, we've talked about that as a group of three. Um, I think he's an excellent pitcher. He was here in Vancouver pitching for the Canadians a couple years ago, and he was an animal. Um, I mean, 
maybe, you know, it was a good thing to move him to allow some of those other prospects to sort of feel like they're now number one and give them that confidence to, to move themselves into the season this year. But, uh, um, yeah, I, I think I think maybe when Craig's back, we'll we'll rip into this a little bit more. So, my thinking for the Jays for um, you know for a couple, I've got a couple of New Year's resolutions that I you know I'd like to see the team um, really try. The first one for me is I, I hope against hope that they will try and do load management this year. Um, I'm really hoping that they can um, they have enough talent, they have enough wheels to be able to, to sit uh, certain players for certain amounts of time to allow them to come into the playoffs healthy or even yeah. to, to hit a playoff, a push more than healthy. Uh, right. And, and so just so I'm just sorry to cut you off there. So for those who don't know about Loge Management, I'm still very new to this thing as well. And that is basically not having our, our all-stars play every single game letting them sit out every so often just to keep them fresh. Like you, and just to piggyback of his point so that, and I'm not going to say if I'm going to say once we make the playoffs again, I'm going to, I'm going on a limb there. I'm assuming we're making the playoffs, right. Uh, to have them be at their best for the playoffs. Right. So, yeah. you know, I think the only time it'll be if he is, if any one of them is on like a certain streak, whether it's a hitting streak, a home run streak or, or whatever, uh, they might want to still stretch it out. But I, I totally agree with you because I, I never understood certain sports when, guys would just be playing all season and they got, they, they just lose it all in the, yeah, uh, in I mean, the playoffs. It's, it's starting to become very prominent um, in, in the NHL. Um, I mean, baseball's always had off days like baseball. Mm. You'll tune into a game and you'll like Vladdy won't be playing first. And, you know, Craig Biggio will be playing third base and, you know, like there's just the whole, the, 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 the majority of the starting group is sitting. Um, they don't do it a lot. They try and do it in little tiny pieces, but I find that a lot of times it's not the outfielders that get their low, they're, they're managed properly. Like they just, you guys just keep playing. And for a guy like Springer, I mean, he needs it. He needs it's, he's not a hundred years old, but his mm-hmm. body has been through a lot and baseball players as any pro athlete are, they're proud. They don't want to take a game off. Like even if they're playing Oakland and it's the dog days of summer, you want to go out there and you want to go four for four and, and have a triple and, and you know, whatever the case may be, but they have to understand. And I feel like Vladdy's going to be a leader in this because Vladdy's in that group of guys who are with the NBA guys and um, that, that are, are behind this load management, like Steph Curry and the, the, um, the Golden State Warriors are massive proponents of this load management. Um, they could care less if you show up as a fan in Dallas and they don't play one single starter the whole game. They could care less because they yeah. win championships. And I mean, it's the same with the Tampa Bay Lightning. They don't care if there's a rule that allows the Tampa Bay Lightning, whether you're hurt or not, to for you to put a player on long-term uh, injury. And that's what they've done with Kucherov for the last two years. And I mean, the guy's a superstar when it comes to the playoffs because he's he's healthy. He's rested. He's been able to, to practice either by himself or with the team for certain amounts of he's been able to go down and practice with the minor league team, but he's able to manage himself. So his body is healthy coming into the playoffs. You look at teams like, like Carolina who go through the regular season, like a buzzsaw and the, and Toronto and they hit the first round and pfft, they can't do anything. Yeah. 
they they've wasted all of their bullets during the regular season when it means nothing. If you can hang on to your playoff spot, then hang on to your playoff spot and start resting some of your top dogs. And I mean, I know it's hard. Like if, if Austin Matthews is going for a scoring record and you say, Austin, you're going to take the next two games off because load management says you should. Do you think he's going to sit? <laughs> do you think, do you think Maple Leaf, you know, organize the, the organization is going to make him sit? No, there's no way. But yeah. is it better for him to sit in the long run? A million percent it is. Yeah. You know, it, exactly. That you've got every team has the guys that should be able to get you through those trenches um, when the season gets long. And my, again, my hope and, you know, call it a resolution, call it whatever you want to call it, is that the Jays are smarter about their off days and more than willing to take sort of that extra time to make sure that the, the guys are fully healthy at the times that we need them, um, especially the pitching arms. Yeah, especially. And that, that kind of ties into my resolution is that, you know, we need to make sure for my, for, it was up to me is to make sure our, our middle relief and relievers are just going to be just flowing for, for the, this upcoming season, right? We were expecting Romero to hit another 30 plus saves. I would love to see maybe another pitcher that kind of also helps out distribute that load as well. So we got two close, two potential closers. Cause who was the second person from uh, Romero for most saves on the Jays last season? Uh, would have been, oh, I'm going to have to hold on. Let's check with Dr. Google and Dr. see, Google. <laughs> see what, um, cause I, it could have been a, uh, could have been a couple of them. Um, Excuse me. So I think it was, uh, Jay's saves. Saves. Yeah, so while you're looking at that, because um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I know they're they're projecting that Romero goes is not going to be as efficient based on his projections for next year as he was for this year. It's not a it's not a drop by any means. I think they were saying is thirty ish plus saves again this year. Well, but a, I think is yeah, it's a huge drop off. Like he had thirty six. The next mm -hmm. closest is a Adam Simber with four. So four. it's not even. Like, it's not even, you know, like, I know a couple of these guys, like, I think Bass was in line for a save a couple of times and either blew it or they didn't get it. Garcia got one. Uh, Tim Meza got a couple. Um, uh, Stripling got a couple. Um, so not, nothing to write home about. But yeah. it does certainly show you that, you know, any kind of closing pitcher the Jays acquire is going to help that load because you can't put, 36 more on you know on yeah <laughs> on, on Romero yeah because amazing well, that's, man. well that, that's why I'm saying like because I remember like I said I mentioned this last episode but back in the day I remember when we won that first world series that there was the Dwayne Ward Tom Hankey show like you knew yeah when the Jays are up they're going to put in Ward on the eighth and they're going to give and you know Hankey on the ninth yeah right so I loved I mean, that whole thing and I think we need something like that where you know, whether it's a Simber or whether it's uh Mesa, is a bat, yeah, Mesa or Bass or whatever. I almost want to be like, if they're brought into the game, you know, it's going to be setting it up for Romero. So yeah, it's and be I feel like, like oh, right. a, a guy like Trevor Richards, who had a rough year this year, um, I feel like he's you know, he's set to probably have a better, um, a better pitching season. Uh, I mean. You know, there's a few guys in that mix. Like, I, I don't know what they're going to do with um, with Kikuchi. I mean, he did get a save this year. Um, he was starting to get better 
as the season went on. Um, you know, so it's, I think there's guys that, that can definitely step up. Like you said, I think Tony ba- Anthony Bass is one that, that has got to, to, to get his ERA, you know, where it, he's got to keep it where it is. Um, he actually had quite a very, a good season for the Jays, but it's, you know, and, and then of course, there's a few guys that are going to be coming up through the woodwork. There's guys they'll pick up before the season starts and, and you know, prospects that'll squeak their way through. I, you always seem to see a pitcher or two come out of spring training where you're like, Oh, who's this guy? And you know, the hope is that it's, it's a, it's a, a you know, a middle reliever. Um, and, and then, you know, obviously we've got Zuleta who, who, everyone thinks is going to make it through it and probably be a starter for the Jays this year. And of course, you know, Nate Pearson, we're, we're talking about him. So I think that, that Ricky and Nate make that one, two punch that you're talking about. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if Nate is healthy and Nate pitches like Nate Pearson can pitch, then we've got two of the deadliest closers in the league. They, they can enter, they can go back and forth. They can set each other up. But the nice thing is, is if Ricky's not throwing, then you have somebody else to go back to because we proved it this year when Moreno got in trouble, you got nowhere to go. And it, that's well, yeah. that it was a six run inning. Right. And, and that, that's why I always take a look that we need to have those middle relievers. Right. So we knew Ryu's not coming back till July. I think July is the earliest he could be coming back. And I don't yeah. want him starting to play nine innings as soon as he comes back, you know, give him a few innings, give him a few games just to get that arm back into the swing that so you can find his rhythm give him as many reps as you can without making the full nine innings, right? Because uh, hopefully if he does become our, our one of our starters again, then we're going to need him to, to, to for that MVP season that he gave us a few years ago or yes. that, that we signed him for exactly, right? So, you know, just making sure that, the, that we have enough depth on the team that one pitcher's having an off night, we don't have to figure out, okay, who, who should we figure out to go with? Because it almost seemed like to me, Simber played in a lot of games last year. That, that's for some reason. And that's the thing I noticed when I was watching a lot of the Jays games, I was like, hey, Simmer's pitching. Good to know. So I don't know if, you know, we were already down by a lot or we're up by a lot and they just wanted to rest the starters. So they, oh, okay, we'll put in the middle relievers because I don't think the middle relievers get as much credit as as the starter or the or the closer, right? So, it just seems like they get almost like the, uh, the credit and they don't seem to get the credit, so to speak. To, to your point, um, Adam Simber played in 77 games this year. That's a lot. Um, yeah. um, Meza 63, uh, Richard 62, Romano 63. So, I mean, he, Adam Simber is as important as Jordan Romano is, um, you know, every, every step of the way. And if you can get a Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac burger, McNuggets or McCrispy sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Guy like Nate Pearson, who's up and starting to help, help put a dent into that, um, because he throws hard. And if you've got him up there, um, I, I think it's a plus you got Baruki too. He'll probably be in the pen as well. So mm-hmm. there's, there's lots of, there's lots of unknowns uh, on the pitching squad. And I think that, you know, pitchers and catchers reporting in, in not too long. I actually, uh, actually purchased some, uh, 
some spring um, spring tickets today for uh, down when I'm down in Arizona, the second week really? of spring break. Yeah, gonna go wow. see uh, gonna go see the Do- uh, the Dodgers and the Giants play, and I'm gonna go see the Mariners and the Guardians play. So oh. um, it's fun if you get a chance to go to spring break for the Jays. It's in Dunedin, and apparently the facility is just first rate. If it wasn't so far to fly from Vancouver to Florida, I'd go and do that. <laughs> but uh, um, we're going to be in Arizona when right at the tail end of spring break. So you get to see a lot of the pros. Um, uh, that's when they check in, you know, is in the last week normally. Um, so the baseball gets pretty good around then. So I'm looking forward to that, seeing, you know, what the American league East or what the American league is going to offer from those teams that are over there. Um, be interesting to see what Seattle looks like. Um, just get a sneak peek. Yeah, no, exactly. And I know I've been pestering Craig to say, Hey, Craig, we got to do a show in Dunedin, Florida. I'm just saying, right? I'll talk go to, if we do that. Yeah, talk, talk to any sponsors we need to do. Get talk to Jay's Journal fan sided to say, you know what? Our listenership's going up. So, you know, so listeners out there, send us a message. Tell them, do a live episode. You yeah. know, we smash we, that. Subscribe smash like and button. follow and all that sort yeah, of stuff, all right? All that stuff. It'd now, be awesome. Should, I, I'd, I'd love to do that. Um, maybe even when I'm down there, um, I, I've got a few buddies that, that you know, I got a buddy who was drafted by the A's or angels and a few other guys that are down there with us that played some pro ball. And so I'll see what I can do about maybe getting a few interviews. I don't know who's going to want to watch one from a Mariner, but maybe get Tim Anderson or get, uh, get a couple of the Dodgers or something like that. It's pretty good access down there. I love it. It's so much fun. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, that would have been nice if we did a live podcast from Maui, but yeah. uh, you know, Florida's the next best step. Yeah. Right. And I know we're still trying to figure out, trying to do a podcast live uh, for for our UK fans because we have a lot of fans in the UK. We just, you know, thank you for your support on that. Yes, so big ups to the UK for. I'm just I was so thrilled when we get to see the numbers and the 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 really high numbers from the UK. You know, um, what we'll we'll do we'll what we'll do is we got a bunch of time zones to mess with if we do it. But <laughs> I, I mean, you know, it could be done. It, you know, I think it could be done, but. You know, make sure that you guys, when you are seeing this, if you're seeing it on a stream or if you're hearing, listening to on the podcast, ask questions, send us information into the, the all of the channels that we've got. Um, it's very important that we we push this forward and, and that we we really try and get the voice of, of, of the, the casual fan all the way up to the guys who are going nuts. You know, if you're living in Europe, we want to know where you are in the UK. We want to where you know where you're you're listening from in uh, in Europe and, and across North America. Uh, it's just awesome for us. I, you know, I've enjoyed doing this so, so very much, um, you know, and going into the new year, I, I'm excited about a Jays team that I think has a ton of promise and, uh, you know, a, uh, a, a Jays team here that has a ton of promise as well. No, yeah, exactly. Right. And I'm, I've been having a great time. I was intimidated when I first started the show uh, with Craig, just because it's like, okay, I'm a casual guy. I listened to some of his episodes and, you know, they're very technical and I'm like, all right, because and, and also the show I do normally is a pre-recorded one, right? Which, well, that's right. Live. Don't forget to check out Ken's check out Ken's podcast. It's there awesome. I listened to it. Uh, the last one. It's very good. Super informative. Um, you know, cross promo. Cross promo right there. Yeah, it's all about small businesses, though. So it's not going to be about the Jays, but I might uh, no. have a Jays commercial in there every so often just to promote the show as well. But <laughs> yeah, like live going live is very different than pre-recorded and fixing. So I've been yeah. having a blast. Like. Working with Jason and Craig has made it a lot easier that I don't feel I have to know everything because then I can lean on them to, 
you know, give myself and any other casual fans who know of the Toronto Blue Jays, but uh, know all the ins and outs that maybe we don't that uh, that we don't even know. And that, like I said, it's it's a lot of fun that way as well. So yeah. I forgot to add part two on my actual resolutions is to have a very strong outfield that produces both offensively and defensively, right? Because you know we we lost Hernandez. We have we're moving Springer somewhere. I don't, I don't know if it, if you know any Jason if he's if he's for sure going to move to either left field or right field. I'm thinking right field because I think that's a less uh, hit yeah. to area. And uh, you know we got Kiermaier and uh, and Varsho who are going to be our left-handed bats. And uh, I hope that their offensive production there because we know their defense is going to be great. So that's why we yes. first signed them. And let's yeah. hope they can still maybe even maintain or even slightly improve that average. But if they can, if each of them give us at least 20 plus home runs, 60, 70 RBIs each, that's definitely part of it. And uh, just giving more opportunities, whether to drive more runs home and to definitely prevent runs from coming in. Yeah, I, I also feel like, like, you know, and again, I was disappointed with some of the moves, but I do feel like the moves that they did make are very, um, are very baseball driven right now. Um, they're analytically driven and those teams have won world series. Like, I mean, you just, you can't argue with it. And so as upset as you, you know, as sometimes I do get with, with watching a a player get traded that I enjoy watching in a Jays uniform. um, I, I I've, you know, you have to start to look big picture and you have to start to hope that what they have done, they will do, you know, Kevin Kiermaier. Now that Craig isn't here, I can sort of say, I'm not that upset with that deal. Um, you know, he, he's an excellent baseball player. Again, super high baseball IQ, like crazy baseball acumen and um, really heady base runner. You know, that was always one of his big pluses that he would get you an extra base, like a ball hit to the outfield. He was able to read the ball really well and not stop at second, but go to third, knowing that it's not a great arm in, in right field or whatever the case may be. But, you know, I feel like the Jays are, like you said, I, I wouldn't bet my I wouldn't bet my hat on it, but I you know I think that they're going to make the playoffs. I think they're going to make some more noise than they did this year. Uh, they're mm-hmm. getting a lot of respect around baseball. I think that they were ranked, I want to say fourth in the power rankings that I looked at oh. uh, a couple of days ago, um, and that's big. That's big. Uh, I mean, the Mets are are running away with it based on the money yeah. that they've spent. But the the no, the Mets remind me of their counterparts in the Bronx where yep. it doesn't matter how much money you throw at it. If you don't have heart, you're never going to win. And as much yeah. as I don't like the Astros, what they have in spades is heart. They they mm-hmm. fight and they fight and they don't care. Oh, you caught us cheating? All right, well, we'll just run you over then. So yeah. they, they were good enough to be able to overcome that and say, we don't care. We're, we're still going to prove that we're better than you. We're going to outwork you. And I mean, the Rays do it, um, you know, the, the teams that don't do it anymore are the ones that are being forgotten about the Red Sox and um, you know, teams like that uh, Texas, they don't outwork you. That's why they've never won anything. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm hoping that the Jays can, can, can really use, you know, their athleticism this year and outwork teams where again, I think this year the Jays hit points in the season where they got so complacent that they couldn't work themselves out of those issues. Mm-hmm. And it was showing. You know, you would see Bichette looking at Vladdy or, or at, at, at Espinal and being like, hey, man, like, I'm trying over here. What are you doing? And mm-hmm. so it's I'm hoping that this was a good learning year for, for the Jays. And, and I, I, you know, spring training coming up, I think, is going to be massively interesting to see what comes of that. Um, 
lot of of moving parts and a lot of stuff that we're unsure on right now as Jay's fans. Um, and I, as I'm sure Jay's management is too. They're going to put on a brave face, but I'm sure they're unsure about a few of the feel like they probably feel like they lost on, on a couple of the free agents, but we shall see as they we shall see. And, and when does spring training start? And is it, it's coming up soon, right? You said, yeah. Uh, uh, I believe the first games are uh, here. I can, uh, I can open up my handy dandy cactus league schedule <laughs> that I just downloaded. So the first spring training games are, uh, are on February 24th and pitchers and catchers report at the start of February, basically. Um, okay. So that's when you start to see, um, start to see news. That's when we'll have lots to talk about with, you know, guys getting hurt and guys blowing out their arms and guys blowing out their groins and all kinds of fun stuff that, uh, that comes with, with preseason of any sport. Um, I, I do find that the preseason for baseball is a little bit long. Um, mm-hmm. they play a lot, but I do understand that they have a lot of minor leagues that they have to be able to deal with. So you yes. have to be able to see everybody. So, you know, you can go, if you go to the start of spring training, you're going to see some eggs and you're going to see some guys that, you know, it's like watching a minor, minor league baseball game. And then mm-hmm. they pop a few superstars in when they, when they arrive. But, uh, you know, kudos to those kids working their butts off. Um, I'm hoping, you know, another one of my, my sort of hopes for this year is I'm hoping that the Jays can find a diamond in the rough this year. I'm hoping mm-hmm. that, that one of those many people that we talk about as being prospects, I'm hoping that one of those guys just grabs the bull by the horns and smashes it forwards. And, and we're all talking about something as surprising as, you know, even though we knew Vladdy was going to be good, it'd be nice to to have another person where we were talking about like Moreno or like Vladdy or like Bo, you know, yeah. where it's like this guy, you know, has come out swinging and he wants to make the team and he's going to do everything he can. I'm hoping we've got an outfielder that's that's like that. There's a few guys I think that are waiting in the weeds there. Some guys we saw a couple of years ago in Vancouver here that have cannon arms, um, just massive bats, and and just need some seasoning. So hopefully, you know, hopefully they've had that over the last couple of years in in Buffalo and other places, and and can really uh, make that jump forward. Yeah, because it's not just like nowadays, like you talk about spring training. I remember the first, I don't know if you're, uh, maybe I was in the episode just before you, Jason. So when I did my first episode with the Jaybird Watching Podcast, I remember, you know what Craig's first question to me was? No. He said, Ken, what is your take on the shortened spring training season that we had this year? And I, you know, the first thing I asked him, how long is it normally? Yeah, <laughs> that's the first thing I asked. And because I didn't know, right? Because I just knew of it. And he's like, oh, it's five weeks or something like that, right? So how many weeks did we get? Two. Oh, yeah. okay. That could probably be why. And if you yeah. if, if viewers watch that first episode, you'll see that that was exactly the first question. I'm gonna go do it right now. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm thinking of Craig, I'm like, oh, you threw me under because I didn't even know anything about that. Cause I thought he was gonna be like, all right, here's Ken, and you know, we'll we'll just start to go ease into it. And I'm sure that was the easiest <laughs> question you could come up with for me. Right, and the fact that I did not even know how how long the preseason was in terms of number of weeks, because I just thought, oh, it's spring training season. I just didn't didn't think too much of it. As from a casuals fan, he's like, okay, how are we performing in spring training? Are we winning? Anyone that's sticking out that you know looks like is going to be there on the on the main roster, it's going to be great. And then uh, you know when you find out uh, once the season starts, then you're like, okay, now we totally take our mind off spring training. So I guess uh, I'm kind of curious to see how the spring training is going to go as well. All five weeks this time, now that yep. I know, mm-hmm. it's not going to be two weeks. It's going to be five. Yep. So, but I find it funny because you know what? 
it's not just making that 40 man roster, right? Cause it's not, yes, the Jays are a team, but you know, everyone's fighting for that spot. Everyone's fighting to be the starter, especially if, you know, I'm sure that people who are on the bench, I'm sure they're happy to be there, but you can dare damn well sure that they were like, I want to be, I want to take over Vlad's spot. I want Bo's spot. Yeah. Right. I mean, and, I think that, that all professional sports are very similar in the way, but I don't know that any professional sport offers you the availability to change your destiny based on your willingness to try another position. So if you're a first baseman and you're coming up in the Jays organization, your outlook is decently bleak. I mean, the Jays are going to hold on to Vladdy, I would think, for as long as they can afford to hold on to him. I mean, yeah. I can see him being that Joey Votto, that Mike Trout, that like he never gets traded. He's there for his whole career. I don't know about Bo, but Vladdy for sure. Now, that being said, I think that what you have to be able to do then is adapt. Can you mm -hmm. play on the outfield? For sure you can. You I mean, you're a professional baseball player. You know, like Josh Donaldson was drafted by the A's as a catcher. Like, really? Yeah. And, and when he got to Oakland, they were like, we don't have a spot for you, but you're the best hitter on our minor league team. What do you want to do? And he's like, well, I played some third base in college and 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 went in Little <laughs> League. And then he wins a gold glove. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. And, and this, this is, that's not just limited to him. This happens all over the place. Like guys get drafted, uh, you know, lots of guys get drafted as pitchers can't make it go to the outfield. It's that's a very common one. Like guys will make really? that switch a couple of months into their career where they, you know, their fastball just isn't fast enough or their curve just doesn't have enough bite on it to be a major leaguer, but they've got a cannon for an arm and they can track the ball pretty well. So, I mean, that kind of thing writes itself. And there's actually been a few guys who in their careers have switched and gone from pitching to the outfield. Um, but, you know, it's it's things like that where, uh, you know, I have a friend whose son um, was in the Baltimore or Orioles organization for a long time. And he, he was, you know, he was behind Chris Young, who was going nowhere. And so he had to reinvent himself. He moved into the outfield. He tried he tried third base, and then he ended up get, getting picked up by another team. And he didn't make the majors, but he did have a much more successful career when he was open to being able to see what was in front of him. The guys who mm -hmm. don't make it are the guys who get stuck on the fact that I'm a third baseman. That's what I'm going to play. If you don't move me up as a third baseman, I'm just going to take my glove and go play somewhere else. Mm -hmm. it, you have to be flexible. You have to be ready to play any position. You, even now, you you can be you can get away with being a DH. You can just be a good hitter. And, and that's what I was always saying. Like, oh, yeah, if I can be a baseball player, I would just love to be a DH. Don't yeah. have to have the pressure on for it. But there is a lot of pressure for the DH because you're almost like almost almost do anything, right? And you could said we had Vlad who was DHing. We had uh, the Maple Beef be that as yeah. well. So you know, it makes makes me question though. Like, so. Jason, in your opinion, who do you think is going to be our starting catcher? Is it going to be Jensen or is it going to be Kirk? It's going to be Danny Jensen. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think they want to be, still be able to use Kirk as – as um, I know that, that Kirk uh, Kirk catches for, um, for uh, Alec Manoa, and he also catches for uh, – does he catch for Gosman too? There's two pitchers that he catches for, and the rest would be Jensen. So Okay. A healthy Danny Jansen, and I'm sorry if there's people out there that are big Kirk fans, a healthy Danny Jansen is better than Kirk. Um, mm -hmm. he, he's 
Danny Jansen has proved to be one of the best catchers in the majors right now when healthy. Um, yes. I think Kirk gives us an awesome backup. He can DH. Uh, I, I feel really, like even yeah. worst case scenario, if you needed to have him play, he can play first base. It, he's he's done it before. Um, and, and, you know, it affords you the opportunity because we've got Merrifield, because we've got guys that can play the outfield and the infield. I think that's what the Jays have to really start taking advantage of is this play by, by platoon outlook which is, mm-hmm. you know, if we have to put Merrifield in left, he goes in left. We put Espinal at two, Chapman at three. Bo needs to sit out, so we put, you know, whoever we're going to put in at short. But it doesn't matter. We're, we're, we're rolling all the time, and you need to be ready. Like if in the eighth inning I, I need Springer to pinch hit, he better be ready, and he better get in there, and he better get us a base hit. So mm-hmm. it's when you watch the teams that have been successful and the teams that are going to be successful this year, that's their, that's the formula. Like the Padres were very successful this year by having everybody on that bench ready to go at all times, even guys like Machado and, and guys who make big money deals. They were okay to sit out innings. Machado played a couple of, of, of um, games in the outfield, even for them. Um, Wherever you need me is, is what the teams who are being successful right now. It's if you've got guys who are big timing and, I, I'm not going to go play at the outfield. Are you kidding me? Like, no, you have to go play in the outfield and you have to perform in the outfield and at the plate. It's, it's, it's crucial to be able to win a world series, to have all everything going um, probably more than ever in baseball history right now. Yeah, no, I, I hear that. Like, like in your opinion then, Jason, so wh- who would you want to step up that may not have been their best last season? I, I know two oh. guys that I really want uh, to see that, you know, that I want to see succeed this season, right? I want Bo Bichette to become the best shortstop in baseball because I feel like he's wow. top three or four. I feel like with his skill in the field, he's easily as skilled as anybody out there that's playing short right now. Mm. He needs to fix the this. So Bo yeah. is constantly like this. And so he has the best September of any Blue Jay in Blue Jays history. And mm. then he goes dormant for three weeks there you can't have dormant anymore you can't have situations where it has to be here and it has to stay there and he's good enough to do that and that's where i think again we talk about load management if Bo is not here give him a couple of games off let him Mm -hmm. reset and get back to there like if you're if you're playing in the nhl and you're you know if you're Sidney crosby you're certainly not going to sit out a game but you may get moved from the top line to the second line and take reduced minutes for a couple of games. You're not taking every face off. You're not on the number one PP every single time you're, you're giving mm-hmm. yourself a little bit of rest. And, you know, it's, I think it's crucial for these guys, you know, to, to have this body maintenance to get themselves through these seasons. It's getting harder and harder. Can you imagine getting body checked by an NHLer right now? Like, <laughs> Can you imagine Ryan Reeves coming across the blue? What is he? Six, seven, two seventy five, <laughs> skating oh, at 70 miles an hour. Like, uh, come on. Like, yeah, it, it's it comical to think that some of the guys who played in the NHL 20 years ago, they, they, there's no way that they would even be close to minor leaguers in some cases now. Yeah, and it's the I same think- with baseball. Baseball yeah. is getting, where everyone, you know, one of the two things I hear about baseball when I talk about how much I love it is it's too slow and they're not athletes. And I challenge anybody right now to pick a sport 
that's equally as athletic as baseball is. Like if you look at the Rays, the young Jays, the young Pirates, the young Reds, I mean, there are some guys out there that are insane athletes. And we're starting to prove as a sport baseball that you can you can come get to the top if you're athletic and you're willing to to you know sort of be open to move around. You know, Otani, unbelievable athlete. Like mm-hmm possibly the best athlete on the planet right now if you take away you know the like the super athletes or the crazy crossfit guys and girls you know big ups to them it's nuts what they do um but that being said you know a guy like otani you just i mean you know can't you can't compare well you think of it this way too for a lot of people that say oh it's it's boring it's not not enough skill like okay try hitting a 100 mile an hour fastball with a stick that's not not as wide as a tennis racket Try hitting a 70 mile an hour fastball. Forget a hundred. Try <laughs> exactly. 70. Try I challenge you to go to a batting cage. You people who don't think baseball is a sport, go to a batting cage, put the thing at 66. My son can pitch that fast. Put it at 66 and see how many you can hit. I bet you it's three out of 10, which isn't good. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's just so hard nowadays that like you don't think it. That's why when I go to the bat, when I go to the batting cage, I'm like, oh, okay, I'll just start with a softball setting just so I can see it lob right up for me so I can just. <laughs> ease into it and then i'll even maybe take the lowest baseball one which is what maybe 30 40 miles an hour whatever i'm like yeah i'll hit a few of those i'm like yeah i think i'm good i think i hit my peak i don't think i can go any for because it, it would just be embarrassing if i went even higher to 50 to 60 to 70 and it's just zinging by anymore that you don't even i can't even tell where the pitch because i don't have that baseball iq that that you that you have jason and some of the other guys have where you can see where the ball's going and you can put your bat exactly where it is. Yeah. I mean, okay. reading pitches, hitting home runs, just the things that they do, even being able to steal a base, like yeah. taking off, running 90 feet with a guy who's got a cannon of an arm trying to pick you off. It's it's incredible. Not, not, yeah, you know, or, not to say that other sports aren't, aren't, aren't awesome because oh, they absolutely. all are. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw that darts thing the other day for people who don't consider darts a sport. I don't consider it a sport, but it was the first time in darts history where two guys threw perfect legs and the what the other guy didn't obviously because he lost but hit the the dart that he threw hit the 12 he had a double 12 to go out for a perfect thing so you know 180 every time and then he missed the double 12 to go out and the other guy did it and it was just like like (laughs) that's a feat of athleticism tucked into a bar game (laughs) well yeah like if you think about it too like think about the agility for those on defense for baseball yeah. Right. So whether you're playing on the infield or, you know, with those line drives coming at you and all that sort of stuff, or like you said, getting hitting like in the outfield where balls are being hit to the gap or really, and you have to really try to judge if it's going to drop or if, where it's going to go. Yeah. It's not an easy, it's not an easy sport. You know, I know it's easy to watch, especially you might see it slow. Like as much as I enjoy basketball, I always hate the last two minutes of basketball because even if the game is not even close, everyone's calling a timeout and everyone's calling a foul. And that makes those last two minutes, 20 minutes, which I don't understand. I can understand when it's really tight, but seriously, guys, don't do it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, that, that, that's great. I mean, I'm, I'm very excited. Like, And just you said, my two picks that I would love to see perform well next year, I got to pick Vigio. I always, I'm, I'm, I want him to do well, you know, Kikuchi as well. I want him to have a more consistent season where he's not like this. But uh, Vigio, because you know what? I remember back when it was like, you know, Bichette, Biggio, and I think Bagwell. Did Bagwell ever have a son that played in the uh, NFL? Jeff in, in, Bagwell, in, uh, yeah. 
No, I don't. Well, not that I can remember. Yeah, but I remember Dante Bichette and uh, yeah. And sorry, I'm forgetting what the other one is. My Biggio God, Bagwell. Uh, yeah, uh, Calvin Biggio, which was a really great infielder as well, I think as well. So Biggio, Bichette, and Bagwell, like the triple Bs. I thought when they were playing for Houston was was awesome back in the day. So, you know, when I hear and Bichette is playing phenomenally, like you said, best player in September last year, and just all go all pros all signs point to going up this year which is great yeah, yeah. I, I just i want it for for Bijou as well it's just to be like yeah we got two out of the three and just like their dads they're they're yeah. performing just yeah. as well and uh we we had it we had a shot at having roger clement's oldest son too but he uh, got traded out of the jays organization he's a good player he was here in vancouver we watched him like free in a couple of games crush the ball wow. um all right buddy I, I, how you feeling? I think that's that's pretty good for today, no? Yeah, I think so. I think we covered a lot. We had a nice <laughs> few viewers here, and uh, you know, but uh, anyways, I think uh, like I said, guys, like, comment, subscribe, follow the show. You know, like you guys are our lifeblood here. So the more comments we get, the more we put out great content for you guys. And uh, yeah, listen to all of this on your live stream or all your podcasting pleasures, as Craig would like to say at Jaybird Watching GC. And with that, we'll just close it out. Jason, you ready to go? Two claps yep. and a rick. Literally crush. There we go. Two claps and a woo. Ready? All right. Three, two, one. Woo. Go, Jays, go. Go, Jays, go. And crush. Yes. Thank you for listening to the Jaybird Watching Podcast. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, at BirdWatchingGC, and our YouTube channel. If you want to support the show and get extra content, please consider joining us to our Patreon at patreon.com slash birdwatchinggc. Go Jays, go. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.